سلام خوش آمدید مرحبا اهلا و سهلا اناشنیکا خوانجامیدا سلام علیکم شرغلات اولام بینوینیدوس здравствуйте добро пожаловать hello welcome to our podcast DLI FLC lingo all that time i felt wow this is exactly what you're supposed to be to be successful but i don't want my tombstone to reach she did great spreadsheets everyone has certain tricks they use to learn and retain a second language here at dli we have nearly 80 years of history that we've used to study all sorts of different methods that might help our students and the truth is what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another which really it's a universal truth sometimes it's about motivation What inspires you to dig deeper into the language? For Spanish instructor Lucia Artacho, it was music that caught her interest. I, I love music and I've been dancing since I'm four. And when you put like good music that it's dancey, then I cannot resist. My parents have this old... It wasn't all at the time. It was the vinyl from Jesus Christ Superstar. It was like the only authentic material I could find in English. Uh, that one on the Fiddler on the Roof, which came after. But Jesus Christ Superstar was like way more dancey. Uh, so I would go into the vinyl. I was like, oh my God, these lyrics must be amazing. Uh, and I would like just scratch the whole vinyl trying to figure out what the lyrics would say. And I have no way of knowing if I was on the right track for like the real translation, transcription and translation. Uh, we didn't have the Google lyrics or anything like that. But I stuck, I stuck to my guns and I sang those words up till like I figured out, oh, this might not be what it's really saying. And a couple of slang things that got clarified for me later on in my life that probably I wouldn't have sung if I knew. But yes, <laughs> first experience with transcription. <laughs> It's important to note that not just any music would do. For a young girl that loved flamenco and danza española, Lucia needed music she could relate to. I was a tween. I was a teenager. And Fiddler on the Roof doesn't, the topics don't speak that much to a passionate, rebellious twin as, you know, maybe Jesus Christ Superstar. You know. That album wasn't the first time Lucia had encountered the English language. That's just what got her moving in the right direction. Growing up in Madrid, her parents were the ones that got her started early. I learned English thanks to my parents and their vision. Uh, they, they put me in the only American school that was in Madrid at the time from uh, kindergarten. It was a Montessori. And all education was bilingual till ninth grade, the equivalent of ninth grade. Part of the reason she had access to a bilingual school in the 80s is thanks to the city she grew up in. A big city with lots of opportunity. So Madrid is very European looking, you know. I, I don't think people that have traveled to Spain, they haven't traveled to Spain, they have this conception that all Latin culture uh, looks alike, you know, it's like Latin America. I think uh, Spain can be considered, arguably, right, as more European than Hispanic in many points. Um, although the rest of the European neighbors like to say that Africa starts at the Pyrenees, as I common say, uh, <laughs> to let us know that we are not European. 
But no, Spain it has that European uh, vibe. It's comparable with, or special Madrid, uh, comparable with uh, Paris, like saving the scale and distance, right? By the time Lucia was in college, beginning her degree in organizational psychology at an American satellite college, she was pretty set up in her English. Or so she thought. Uh, so I was lucky enough that uh, I was in a university program where they have a satellite uh, university in Madrid, St. Louis University. And you do your two first years in American credits uh, over there in Madrid, and then you come and finish your degree in St. Louis, Missouri. And then I came to Missouri, and I thought I spoke English, and my first day at Subway was a nightmare because I couldn't understand. There were so many options, and I didn't understand how the process worked. It's like, in Spain, they give you a sandwich. Just give me a sandwich. I don't know what you're asking me. So I thought I spoke English, but it was really like in the ground where, where I, I start learning the real English yeah, when I was 19. Some people catch the teaching bug early. They graduate knowing they want to go into the classroom right away. Lucia's journey took her on a different path. So uh, in college, I studied study organizational psychology, which is, you know, training people how to play nice to each other in a corporate environment, be leaders and all that. And that's where I work. I work corporate America for about 10 years. And all that time, I felt, wow, this is exactly what you're supposed to be to be successful. Um, but I don't want my tombstone to read. She did great spreadsheets, right? Which I did. I do. I do. I'm excellent at Excel. <laughs> but I didn't. I felt like I didn't want that to be my legacy. I I didn't want to be creating things that were not necessary. I wanted to do something meaningful, either with my hands or with my skills. And uh, so against everybody's. Um, advice <laughs> and everybody thinking that I had gone mad. Uh, military is it's a lifestyle and, and a set of values that I felt close to. It's like, I'm doing it. I don't want to have this regret. It was a few years later as she was separating from the army that she stumbled across DLI. And that's where she learned just how much she enjoyed teaching. And whenever I got out of service, um, they actually have this program where they make you do your resume, you know, they walk you through the transition of civilian life. And I, here I am, I wanted to be a physical therapist because I was medical, determined to be all, you know, and they say, like, I'll go through the motions. Wow, DLI was a beautiful place. Uh, I'm going to apply to this one because it's like my top five choices in an alternative universe. So I put the application in, and there you go, six months later, they asked me if I wanted to go. And so I'm like, well, okay, let's give it a try. But then what happened is the first, first day that I met the students, I really fell in love with the job. Like, I, I have never been in class before as a teacher. And it was my perfect, my perfect world of doing something meaningful and still be connected with the military and having fun. Yeah. So, yes, that was two years ago, and here I am. <laughs> you can see Lucia's enthusiasm for teaching in her movements and in her face as she talks. 
She has a lot of joy and passion that she clearly loves passing on to her students. And because of her experiences, she knows it's not just one method that works for everyone. She believes it's whatever lights her students up. It, it's adaptable. So teaching is a, is a bit like an adventure, right? So some things that you you do with some students don't resonate with others. But I think we, we all live, I can say safely, for that moment where you can see a student that all of a sudden you see like this light go on and say like, darn, this is so interesting. Or I understood it, you know, so that spark of life. In my experience, things that preclude to that aha moment that we all love. Yeah, it's like the teacher's high, I think. Uh, it's things that speak to your students, like materials and methods that that are driven by their own interests, yeah, giving them uh, maybe some parameters, some general scaffolding, and let them be the creator of the rest of the activity. And that usually leads to places that, in 20 years, you know, like I wouldn't have been able to come up like with something specific that would lead them to that. It was them creating something. Aha! I'm like, yes! That's, that's why I wake up every morning. Okay.